All right, well, last night we chatted to Melbourne Stars coach Peter Moores. Their season opener is against the Brisbane Heat on December 7. So it makes sense, Coons, that we check in up north with the Heat assistant and a good friend of the show, Darren Lehman. Boof, welcome. Hey, guys. How are you, Coons? And why didn't you say Adelaide Crows, by the way? <laughs> uh, I think they're around the mark, Boof. Don't you worry about that. I think what Nixie's doing with that group and they've got some talent. So I'm just not sure about the defenders. How do you think they'll go next year? They'll be all right, mate. I spoke with Nixie the other day at luncheon, and I was very confident. So beautiful. Yeah, we'll be okay. Now, Buff, change one tip. We, yeah, Buff knows a lot about a lot, Coons. I'd be listening to him pretty closely. Um, we'll talk about the BBL in a sec. But have you been watching Queensland today, or working for Queensland? Can you give us an update yeah. on what's happened there? Well, uh, it's rained all day. Sorry, I'm in Melbourne. Would you oh. believe it, lads? I'm down in your part of the neck of the woods. With um, we're playing this T20 T20 tournament, uh, the Heat. Um, Renegade Stars and um, the San Francisco Unicorns. A uh, wow. little pre-tournament before the BBL with the, all the players that are not playing Shield cricket, basically. So we've been at the MCG all day, which has been quite nice. Let's talk about the Brisbane Heat then. So um, I'm really interested in how you're going to work your batting order in the first game of the season. Usman Kawaja has confirmed that he's in. Manus Labashane will play. You've got Billings as well. Um, but you also don't have Renshaw, Pearson's away. Um, they've got PM's 11 duties. Nisa will play for the PM's 11 as well, which I find quite interesting. Um, how do you see the Brisbane Heat team shaping up? Because you got so close last year. You came home like a wet sail. Yeah, we did, mate. We probably, actually, if we made a few different choices, we'd probably end up winning that uh, that, that final. So we didn't. Uh, now it's all this year to try and you know, get that final back, get into the finals and, and hopefully win the BBL. It's going to be a challenge. There's some quality sides. So for us, the first game's no dramas with Usman and Manus and obviously we missed a couple of players for Australian A duty, but that won't be a problem the first game. The second game might be a bit of an issue because uh, we've got a few blokes in the Australian A side and then Usman and Manus go for the test matches. So mm. our second game's more of a trouble. Uh, but there's all, you know, it gives up some an opportunity, doesn't it? You play these young kids, you never know how they go and you know, you, you just see them play and they grow and they get better and, and that's part of the sport as well, isn't it? Seeing how they how, how they develop. Well, can you give us a couple of younger names for us to look out for in the Big Bash this year, given that it, it is tough planning for a number of players who have different duties throughout the tournament? Yeah, look, there's, there's so many good players uh, it, that are next rung that might be sort of lone replacement players and you know, blokes like Angus Love. A lot of people wouldn't have heard these these players, Lachlan Hearn, who played in New South Wales, Angus Lovell, Hugo Burden. You know, Max Bryan might come of age this year, hopefully. He's a bloke that can really play. He's a talented player. He'll get an opportunity in the first couple of games. So all those players that are sort of on the fringe will get a chance to stand up somewhere. And if you just get one of those diamonds out of, out of the bunch, don't you? And if they play so well, they, they really settle your side down. So the, the key is to have youth and experience at you know, going at the right times. And we've got that with Billings and Munro. They're there for a long period of the tournament. So we're pleased with that. Buff, how does a man that's been in the main chair for so long, you've captained state cricket for what felt like decades, I reckon, at the time, and you've also coached Australia, take a back seat now and allow Wade Seckham to, to take the reins of the Brisbane Heat. It must be, uh, I guess, quite relaxing for you. Oh, there's no pressure at all, lads. <laughs> this is coaching case. This is good fun. Uh, yes, you get to enjoy it. I've gone coaching the boys down here because obviously the Shield game's going on. Um, and it's just good fun. Uh, I mean, it's enjoyable. You don't have to deal with a lot of stuff you do as a head coach, which is sometimes, you know, 50% of the job that you don't want. Uh, if you could just coach and, and do that, it'd be you know, a great job to have all the time. So... 
it, it's really good fun just actually enjoying working with the young kids and, and taking a, a back seat, if you like, and, and I've enjoyed it. Are you fully scarred by what's happened to yourself as a senior coach over the years? I mean, you've had some trials and, and tribulations. Is it is it a job that you would ever think about taking up again if an opportunity arose? Or I mean, you, you laughed it off just then saying how good it is being an assistant coach, so it might be a silly question, but do you still have any ambitions of, of having the top job or is there just too much paperwork? Oh, no, I, I really enjoyed being head coach, mate. It was great fun. I, I mean, it's still the best job in the world, head coach in Australia. I mean, there's not too many head coaches who can say they've won World Cups or won Ashes, so it's still a pretty good, uh, enjoyable job to have. Uh, obviously, it comes with uh, the negative side and the, the downside of challenges you have along the way as well. There's no doubt about that. So if the right job came along, I'd certainly look at it. But uh, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Life's changed for me, as you know, Kearns and, and Tommy, with you know, heart attack and actually uh, having a bit more relaxed uh, attitude, I suppose, and uh, so I'm not too stressed. What, what will be, will be, lads. But I've had a great time in, in the sport and I just keep enjoying it. Buff, can I ask you about world cricket more philosophically? Because we're looking at the moment at this series that's going on in, in India, which I think most of us agree is a bit ridiculous. The, the Australians are playing the Indians in a T20 series and Sean Abbott, Josh Inglis, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoyner, Steve Smith and Adam Zampa are returning to Australia. They're being replaced with an assortment of very talented cricketers who um, have potential, but they're not necessarily first-choice Australian cricketers yet. Ben Dwarshus... Chris Green, Ben McDermott, and Josh Philippi. Um, how do we fi- how do we fix this issue? How do we stop all this international cricket being crammed into one little space so we have a situation where two countries who are so powerful are unable to field even close to what their A team would be? Well, it's a hard one, Tommy, because you've got the TV rights and the big money there that's dealt with India. So you owe them games, they owe us games, and that's part and parcel of what's happened with the the, the TV structure. So you can't do much about it, mate. You've just got to put up with it and, and get on with it. And really, if, if you don't have that, then there's so many millions of dollars that goes out of the game. The TV rights is a huge deal. It, it's it's big. I mean, do I suppose if you took one or two sides out, you know, the AFL, uh, we're going to a 19 side, aren't they? Mm. Is that right? Is that going to weaken the competition? Is it going to be better? There's a big gap in some of the teams, isn't it? But they're not going to change that because they need all those teams for the TV deal as well. So it's part and parcel of the sport these days. So you've just got to make it work the best you possibly can. I think they're trying to do that. Do you think the players are getting it right in terms of their balance of how much cricket they're playing throughout the year and trying not to burn out? Yeah, it's a tough one, that one, because I'm, I'm pro players. But you, get, you also get a six-week break uh, for the IPL. Now, if you didn't play the IPL, you'd be fresh as a daisy, wouldn't you, the yeah. whole time? Mm. So it's a catch-22. It, it's, it's something that they've got to work through there as well, and that's a personal choice. So I, I think if you go to the IPL, then you, that's your break. You know, you, you just got to put up with the rest of it. But, uh, you know, that, that's a choice the player's got to make. <laughs> Pretty tough to turn down a million bucks for a, a six-week tournament, though, isn't it? Well, that's exactly right, but that, that's the choice <laughs> you make. So then... I think you just got, if you're representing your country, you just got to play. Oh, speaking of representing your country, you you uh, have done that and you've coached uh, to victory in 2015 in the World Cup. Uh, where does uh, where does that rank Australia's latest victory um, in that World Cup? Do you think in terms of their greatest? Oh, I think it's above ours in 15. Uh, I really do. I think what they achieved in India was something special. You know, to lose the first two games and then go about it, uh, you know, different way if you like. 
um, and then they, they, they timed their run perfectly and you know they, they played an almost faultless game against India um, and look they're all special all six are special look you know I've been involved and seen them and you know played in them and all that and you know there, there's so many good stories they're, they're all great stories so for me I mean I just saw this one and went wow that's pretty good but then if I look back in 03 when Shane Warne wasn't there for example you know Brad Holt set up and we, we went undefeated in 99 you look at you know Steve Waugh's 100 and Shane Warne's wickets mm. You know, that was a pretty good side as well. So, 87, AB won in India against all odds. So, it'd be right up there. So, I'm with Paddy Cummins and Andrew McDonald. They've done a fantastic job. Yeah, credit to them. They've done an amazing job. I think it's great that the Australian public got behind them as well after what was a shaky start. Now, Buff, we were, I was in the studio yesterday with Bryce McGain, and he put together his all time World Cup one day international 11. I think Adam Gilchrist selects himself at the top, which is what he did. He went for David Warner to partner him and Ricky Ponting at three, Steve War at four, Michael Hussey at five, Andrew Simons at six, Glenn Maxwell at seven, and then he went Warren, Lee, Stark and McGrath as the bowlers. Do you, uh, do you think there's any unlucky unlucky people not to be in that 11? Uh, uh, Pat, Pat Cummins would be pretty unlucky. Um, <laughs> Who does oh, there's place? so many. There's so many. Well, there's so many you could, you could pick. Uh, Eleven, you know, I'd probably be different. Everyone would be different along the way. So, Shane Watson was pretty good. You know, mm. Michael Clark was a pretty good player. Mm. Uh, you got some players that are, Matthew Hayden misses out at the top of the order. He's a guy that, that played in a couple. He was pretty good. Yep. So it's uh, it's hard to actually nut it down, isn't it? You know, it's difficult, uh, and and that's one of the things I said to Bryce because I was looking at Michael Bevan, going, "What more does Michael Bevan have to do?" And then I mentioned your name as well, and you hit the winning runs in one World Cup, took the winning catch in another World Cup, and Coons. That's exactly where you want to be on the last. Day of a tournament. Yeah, I think he'd be happy to slide in at 12th man, wouldn't you, Buff? He'd be a good 12th man. Very good drinks, Very good for team camaraderie as well. Can I ask you about the Australian test team, Buff? And uh, there's going to be one, possibly two, opening batting spots up for grabs in the next couple of years. You're working pretty closely with, with Matty Renshaw. You mentioned that he's on... Uh, uh, other duties to start the heat big bash season but um, is he and he's had some limited opportunities at test level opening can you tell it give us a couple of names you think could be the incumbent openers for australia oh it'll just get down to renshaw harris or, or bancroft i reckon when it comes up uh, i mean obviously davey's going to finish at, at the end of the pakistan series so you got the two tests against west indies so you would think it's going to whoever's making runs and in form and flavor of the month and at the time, we'll get a job. I see Renshaw's not out, you know, now at the Gabba on a difficult wicket. If he gets 150, all of a sudden he puts his name right back up there. So, you know, you've got so many ch- ch- choices. And Bancroft's been unbelievable for two years for WA. And Harris has been really travelling around with the Australian team as the reserve batter, hasn't he? So they've got a tough choice to make. It's a good choice because they've got some options. Buff, really appreciate your time. Um, the Brisbane Heat are going to be a team to beat this season, especially when you've got Kawaja playing. Um, Spencer Johnson's a left arm quick that I'm really impressed with. You've got Mitch Swepson who can bowl some really nice leg spin and plenty of others as well. So good luck and uh, I look forward to chatting to you again soon. You're certainly very generous with your time. Thanks, lads. Cheers.